Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Tonight on The Readout. Give the president some money to fight this This is going to destroy America. We're going to fight back at the ballot box. We're not going to give in. How does this end, Sean? Trump wins in court and he wins the election. That's how this wins. Ends. Salty, bitter tears for their exalted, twice impeached, now indicted leader, Donald Trump. As we learn much more about the charges he likely faces and how his arraignment will play out on Tuesday. Michael Cohen, Trump's longtime fixer who went to prison for his role in these same alleged crimes, joins me tonight. Plus, the same Republicans who scream about states' rights are now trying to intimidate a local prosecutor, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. The truth is, Trump is being treated just like any other accused criminal and significantly better than, I don't know, say, the Central Park Five. But we begin tonight on this new day in our country, a day that shows to the world that no one, not even a former president, is above the law. The decision by the Manhattan grand jury to indict Donald Trump puts us all in completely new territory, with Trump facing what no other former president has ever faced— the criminal justice system. The indictment remains sealed, but two sources familiar with the matter tell NBC, tell NBC News, that it includes approximately 30 counts related to document fraud. And the Associated Press is reporting tonight that it includes at least one felony offense, according to two people familiar with the matter. What we know as of tonight is that Trump is expected to travel to New York on Monday night to surrender to authorities and be arraigned on Tuesday. According to two senior officials familiar with the matter, Trump plans to turn himself over around 1 p.m. As of now, it is not expected that he will be handcuffed or put in a holding cell. He will be brought directly to the courtroom where he will be fingerprinted. It's unclear whether there will be a mugshot taken at that time. All of this, according to officials familiar with the planning for Trump's court hearing. Judge Juan Marchand is expected to preside over that arraignment the same judge who presided over the trial of former Trump Organization CFO Alan Weisselberg. Trump is already attacking the judge's impartiality, claiming that Marshawn hates him and treated his company, quote, viciously. This comes as Trump continues to rage post on his Twitter knockoff with more attacks on Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg and his staff, while also demanding a change of venue because he cannot get a fair trial in New York, which is Kind of ironic, given that New York, for most of Trump's life, has been his non-taxpaying, non-bill and debt repaying, slapping his name on buildings he didn't actually build, alleged sexual assaulting, crimey playground. Trump built his entire brand in New York, and now he says he can't be tried failure there? It's weird. But wait, there's more. Trump's legal team is planning to challenge the indictment to try to get the case thrown out altogether before it even gets to trial. Just remember, this indictment is only the first step in what could be a long path ahead to yet another potential first in our country's history, the criminal conviction 
of a former president. And joining me now is Joyce Vance, former U.S. attorney and professor at the University of Alabama School of Law, and Neil Katyal, former U.S. acting solicitor general and Georgetown law professor, both our MSNBC legal analysts, and we are thankful to have them here. Joyce, I do want to start with you. So these are the potential charges um, that we are hearing about. Again, we it's, it's sealed, so we don't know what they are, but here are the potential charges. There's a potential misdemeanor charge for falsifying business records. There's a potential felony charge for falsifying records with the intent of committing an additional crime. And prosecutors could also allege additional crimes, um, including that the hush money amounted to an improper donation benefiting Trump's candidacy. I want to zero on that second one. Can you explain how falsifying business records and that being a misdemeanor state offense could, in theory, become a felony? Sure. And I think you make a really important point here, Joy, which is that we don't know what's in the indictment. We can't assess charges because we haven't read them. But I think it's fair for us to explore some of the potential charges. And this is one that people have focused on, because while falsifying business records is a misdemeanor under New York state law, if you do it to commit another crime or to conceal another crime, it morphs into a felony. And so the question becomes, what's the additional crime? What are the other crimes that uh, could possibly have been committed here? There are a couple just based on what we know publicly that seem like they could be good choices. There are some tax violations that could be involved. There are some campaign finance violations both of those come with their own legal questions, and the campaign finance has some sticky questions involving whether you can use a federal crime as the accelerator charge here. But something that I would caution people to, to think about as they look at this, and something that I experienced a lot of the time when I had an important case in the grand jury and there was speculation in the press, was that we were privy to additional information that the public didn't right. have. And so we knew what we were getting ready to charge it went above and beyond what the public knew in many cases. And I think that's important. And I think we have to just keep saying that we don't know what these charges are until they are unsealed, because what you're seeing is not only are we sort of in the punditocracy and in the media trying to figure out well, what could this be, but his attorneys, uh, Neil, his defense, the one attorney that we see on TV, his TV attorney, Joe Tacopina, they're already sort of trying to litigate the case and try to make it seem minimal and make it seem like um, this is an attack by this DA on something that was purely personal. Let me play you uh, Joe Tacopina's latest uh, missive. We do know it centers around, uh, you know, a legal, very common confidentiality agreement that was signed years and years ago um, with uh, Stormy Daniels and between her attorneys and, and, and Michael Cohen. The only other precedent that's even remotely close is the John Edwards case, which was prosecuted by federal authorities because it was a federal election. It was prosecuted because there was a donor involved as opposed to using personal funds like here. Somehow a state prosecutor who doesn't even have jurisdiction over the federal elections is prosecuting a case. This was a personal um, resolution for a personal matter that would have been made irrespective of the campaign. So here, my challenge with that, uh, problem with that, Neil, and you can, you're, you're the real lawyer, you guys are the lawyers, not me, but is that the payment was not just, hey, let me give you some money and then get reimbursed. This was a part of what was apparently a catch and kill scheme that the National Enquirer, um, a Mr. Pecker being the head of the National Enquirer, his organization already admitted that this, this scheme 
existed. Rolling Stone reported, 2021, American Media Inc., which is Mr. Packer's company, settled a complaint with the Federal Elections Commission alleging that they unlawfully aided Trump in 2016. The FEC found that Pecker and AMI had violated federal election laws by making a payment to Playboy model Karen McDougal in order to purchase and bury a story about an alleged 2006 affair with Trump. Pecker entered a non-prosecution agreement in which he admitted that the payment had been made in order to help Trump's campaign. So that, to me, and that's David Pecker, and he testified twice before this grand jury. Does that say to you that Tacopina might be trying to make it seem innocuous when it's really part of that kind of scheme? Well, before getting, Joy, to Tacopina, I just want to say my bottom line on this is that we should be absolutely celebrating the fact that we have a functioning judicial system that treats all of its citizens equally. But I don't Amen. think we should be celebrating the fact that we have a former president who's been indicted. I mean, this is an incredibly important event for our country, and it's an incredibly solemn one. And, you know, when Tacopina says this, that there was no crime and stuff like that, I think it's you're exactly right to point out, well, wait a minute. I mean, the FEC's already concluded that this was a campaign finance violation, and the Justice Department in 2018 sent someone to prison for this hush money scandal, a guy named Michael Cohen, who's going to be on your show in a little bit. And uh, they put Michael Cohen in jail for the same stuff. And the Justice Department, when they did that, they filed a sentencing memo, and that sentencing memo in writing says this was a crime and that it was directed at not Michael Cohen coming up with this on his own, but Donald Trump was the one who ordered Cohen to do this. And that was not just that was the U.S. Justice Department, but that was not the uh, Barack Obama or Merrick Garland Justice Department. That was the Trump Justice Department that <laughs> made that conclusion. So when you hear, you know, Lindsey Graham and others talking about this being political and stuff, you know, it's a little hard given what the Trump Justice Department said in 2018. My bottom line on this is very similar to Joyce's, which is we, we haven't seen the charges. Lindsey Graham hasn't seen the charges. So I'm not sure exactly how he knows what's in them. But whatever those charges are, Trump is going to be entitled to all of the protections of the criminal system, which our founders bent over backwards to protect criminal defendants. All 12 jurors are going to have to agree that Trump committed the crime, and they have to do so under the highest standard in the law, beyond a reasonable doubt. And what I think people like uh, Lindsey Graham are upset about is, for the first time, Trump's actually going to have to face the music, a jury of his peers. He can't plead executive privilege. He can't plead speech or debate immunity. He can't plead immunity as a sitting president, it's finally time for him to have to answer uh, the call of the prosecutors. Well, and I and I think also maybe what they fear um, is that this case it sort of breaks the glass, right? This isn't the only thing Trump is potentially facing. There are all these other cases that go all the way up to the Jack Smith investigation that is far graver. We're talking about an attempted insurrection, taking documents, including highly classified documents that he was not entitled to and not giving them back, maybe obstructing the E. Jean Carroll case, which is a, a civil case. All of the civil cases, New York State AG's got a civil case. I could go on and on. Police officers have sued him over injuries uh, from January 6th. And of course, there is the Fonnie Willis Fulton County DA uh, case. So to, to stay with you for just a second, you know, Neil, you're right. It's nothing to be celebrated. But for Trump, it might be something to be feared because there has been this sense that it's it, it, that prosecutors might be too frightened to be the first to do this. But once it's done, it does take it sort of demystifies the idea that you can prosecute a former president. Right. 
That's exactly right. I mean, Trump has benefited from years of, you know, threatening prosecutors, threatening the opposition, you know, cudgeling them into basically silence. And here you finally have a district attorney who said enough is enough. Uh, I'm going to go to a grand jury. A grand jury has to sign off on it. And it did. It found, you know, those more likely than not that Trump committed these crimes. And now it goes into the criminal justice process. And if you're Jack Smith or Fannie Willis, I think your job in terms of indictment has gotten a little easier. Also say that Trump is Trump's lawyers are making this point about a change of venue because he can't get a fair trial in New York, as you were saying. Um, you know, we just handled that in the George Floyd murder. Um, you know, the police, uh, the, the, co- the four cops tried to m- move venue for exactly the same reason. It was denied and it was denied for the simple reason that publicity in these cases is, you know, pretty ubiquitous from one jurisdiction right. to another. So I don't think that's going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, he can go to the moon. I mean, everyone knows who Donald Trump is, thanks to Donald Trump. (laughs) They know who he is. There is no way to get a jury that doesn't know anything. Uh, Let me go to just another thing, just to to move off of this for a moment um, with you, Joyce. Dominion, because there's also some movement in that. And that is another case of seeming impunity maybe falling away. Um, They had Fox had moved for summary judgment, trying to throw this case out. Um, The Associated Press is now reporting that the judge has said, this case will go to trial. This is what the AP reports. The, a- the evidence developed in this civil proceeding for the judge demonstrates that it is crystal clear that, no, that none of the statements relating to Dominion about the 2020 election are true. Um, that is what the judge wrote in this case in their summary judgment ruling. This case is going to trial. Your thoughts on that, Joyce? You know, Joy, you and I had discussed this when these motions were being filed, and the issue here centers around this legal burden of reckless disregard, where Dominion as the plaintiff has to prove that Fox made statements either with reckless disregard for their truth or actual knowledge of their falsity. Usually in these cases, you see a plaintiff who tries to prove that there was reckless disregard about truth, but Dominion has come forward with actual evidence that Fox made some of these statements knowing that they were false, they will be entitled to go to trial. They will get judgment on some of their claims. And the real problem that Fox faces going forward is that in many cases, uh, in many ways, this becomes a case that they can't resolve because Dominion mm. will be highly motivated to air the evidence in public, to let a jury hear it, to let a jury decide their claims including those extremely large requests, not just for compensatory, but for punitive damages, too. And right behind them is Smartmatic that has almost the identical case that they also would like to see go to trial. It just gets very much more interesting from here. Uh, Joyce Vance and Neil Katyal, always appreciate you both. Thank you. And up next on the readout, Michael Cohen, the man at the center of the investigation that led to this indictment, joins me to share his insights when the readout continues. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. 
Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Michael Cohen is now poised to become the star witness against his former boss, capping his remarkable arc from the longtime lawyer who once said he'd take a bullet for Trump to implicating him in a crime. As prosecutors in Manhattan are expected to allege that Trump falsified documents in a hush money payment to Stormy Daniels. Cohen explained the payment in his 2019 congressional testimony. In 2016, prior to the election, I was contacted by Keith Davidson, who is the attorney, or was the attorney, for Ms. Clifford, for Stormy Daniels. And after several rounds of conversations with him about purchasing her life rights for $130,000, what I did each and every time is go straight into Mr. Trump's office and discuss the issue with him. When it was ultimately determined, and this was days before the election, that Mr. Trump was going to pay the $130,000. In the office with me was Alan Weisselberg, the chief financial officer of the Trump Organization. He acknowledged to Alan that he was going to pay the $130,000 and that Alan and I should go back to his office and figure out how to do it. Michael Cohen is the only person who has faced any accountability for that so-called catch-and-kill scheme. He went to prison for his role. Federal prosecutors in New York infamously noted Cohen himself has now admitted he acted in coordination with and at the direction of Individual One. Well, Individual One is expected to be arraigned in a Manhattan court on Tuesday. And joining me now is Michael Cohen, former Trump personal attorney, principal of Crisis X and host of the Political Beatdown and Mia Culpa podcast. His new book is called Revenge, How Donald Trump Weaponized the U.S. Department of Justice Against His Critics. Michael Cohen, thank you, as always, for being here. I always appreciate you coming on. Good to see you. So let's start with that. The, The testimony that you gave is about this catch and kill scheme. We know, and we just talked in the previous uh, block, about AMI, the company that American media, um, admitting to the SEC that this catch-and-kill scheme existed for Karen McDougal, that it existed and that it was designed to help Trump's campaign. And now I just want to play for you some audio of you talking with Donald Trump and Alan Weisselberg about that scheme. Take a look. Listen. I need to open up a company for the transfer of all of that info regarding our friend David. I spoke to Alan about it when it comes time for the financing, which will be... Listen, what financing? We'll have to pay you. So I'll pay the no, 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 no. <laughs> so I, I guess what Joe Tacopino is trying to sort of allege is that that whole scheme was your idea, that you did it on your own, <laughs> um, and that Donald Trump had nothing to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what else is he supposed to say? You know, one of the biggest problems with somebody like Joe Tacopino when you get around Donald Trump is Donald will let you run with the ball because he knows you're going to he knows you're going to fumble it. 
and he's not going to be there to help you to try to pick it up. He's just going to get rid of you, which is, I, I mean, how many times have we seen that happen in Trump world before? Tacopino's biggest problem is that he has no knowledge of any of the facts. He basically comes out onto television and he's getting quite a, a lot of airtime and he's spewing nonsense. But the nonsense that he's spewing is nonsense that Donald Trump is telling him, this is what I want you to say. So he doesn't really care if you, Joy, believe what he's saying or any of your viewers believe, as long as he's appealing to a party of one. And that party one happens to be individual number one, who we all know is Donald J. Trump. You know, what's interesting is that, to your point, um, Donald Trump's attorneys were blindsided by this announcement to the point where Donald Trump was actually praising the grand jury and saying, look, I have new respect for this grand jury. They're not going to indict me at all. And the obviously the AG's office was very stealthy about making sure that they had no idea that it was coming, even though he previously predicted he was going to get indicted. Do you think that he was genuinely shocked and really believed that he'd beaten it? Yeah, because, again, Donald lives in Donald's head. And the fact that you had people like Takapina and you had people like Bob Costello and you had a whole slew of other pundits on this station as well as other stations telling you that when, for example, Bob Costello um, went in to testify, all of a sudden he's now impeached my credibility. Well, obviously, we know that that's not true. In fact, nothing that he said clearly changed anybody's mind. However, they have the same thing with Takapina. He comes out there and he says, well, after Donald, of course, puts it out there that he's going to get indicted last Tuesday, rakes in another two and a half million dollars in campaign donations. And then you have guys like Takapina running around and saying there's more than a 50-50 chance that Alvin Bragg is going to drop this case altogether, that Michael Cohen's testimony has now been um, basically disparaged to the extent that there is no more case and more than 50 percent likely that Alvin Bragg is going to drop the case. They do this because they think that by playing you know, the media game, that they're appealing to the court of public opinion, that that has any bearing on a court of law. And we all know that it doesn't. You know, um, Donald Trump is now bragging that he's raised something like four million dollars. He's trying to he's sort of out there with a lot of bravado as if he's not afraid at all. But we now know that this is going to be a real booking. He's going to get his fingerprints taken. He's going to go through what you had to go through. He's no, not, go not exactly. Not exactly the same. Not exactly the same. And, well, it's going to be very different. I mean, he is the former president of the United States, and there's a certain deference. You know, I was handcuffed. Um, Don't forget, I went through that processing twice, second time with the unconstitutional remand. That's, you know, the court uh, over at the uh, 500 Pearl Street decided that it was important not only that I should be handcuffed, but shackled as well. I mean, it's amazing that I could be handcuffed, shackled. I mean, why don't they just put me in an outfit like Hannibal Lecter simply because the president got his pecker pulled by a porn star? And I'm not referring to David Pecker either. Wow. And so that is an excellent point, because I think there is this sense that it used to be your job to help Donald Trump maintain this impunity. Right. And he's never really had to face the music, really, for the things that he's done. But to your point, he was able to use his Justice Department is who prosecuted you. So he's been able to manipulate prosecutors to get his way. And now we can't. You know, this man. Do you think he's genuinely afraid? Because, as you said, it won't be the same, but he's still going to face a version 
version of what regular people have to deal with. Yeah, it goes way beyond scared uh, or way beyond afraid. He's petrified. He could put on whatever fake bravado that he wants, knowing Donald Trump, as we all do, who is not just forget about the fact he's a germaphobe. uh, And so the fact that he's even going to be in this area is going to sort of make his skin crawl. At the same time, He's now being held accountable. And I think Neil Katyal turned around and said it. It's the first time in his life that the guy is actually being held accountable for his own dirty deeds. And look, our district attorney, Alvin Bragg, dropped a 2000 pound dirty deed indictment right onto this guy's lap of accountability. And it's not something that he knows how to deal with. And he's really looking for somebody to figure out how to get rid of that, you know, 2000 pound weight of accountability that's sitting on his legs. And it's just not possible. Now he has to every time he closes his eyes, he knows that he's one minute, one hour, one day closer to having to go into, you know, the 80 Center Street and to be processed. You know, um, Donald Trump has a whole cadre of political figures who are really violating the Constitution to try to defend him, making all sorts of threatening noises at uh, the district attorney. Um, But you testified, uh, and I will never forget this testimony, about the fact that Donald Trump would never leave office peacefully, that there would never be a peaceful transfer of power. That did happen. Knowing him again, as you do, how concerned should we be, quite frankly, um, given what happened on January 6th and given the rhetoric that's coming out of his truth so social pretend Twitter, how concerned should we be about the security of this DA, the security of our country and the courthouse um, and really places around the country where there are Trump supporters who might be pretty angry on Tuesday? (laughs) Well, you know, Joy, I I appreciate um, what you're saying. The only problem is that everybody seems to leave out that there are a whole slew of witnesses like myself that are going to be testifying against Donald. And what Donald, you know, look, I, I appreciate the issue that is now confronting the district attorney. But, you know, he's got police security around him all the time. There's a whole slew of witnesses that will be brought in. And what Donald Trump is doing is he's using that mob language, that mob code of that speech where he doesn't really say it. But what he's doing is he's sending two messages. The first message is you witness. You need to be concerned because I have a slew of millions of people that I'm speaking to. And then, of course, the second half of that code goes to those individuals for them to do or think that this is what Donald Trump wants you to do without Donald Trump actually coming out and saying it. And that's part of his superpower. Yeah. Uh, And are you concerned for your safety? I'm concerned for my safety every day. I'm concerned for my family. I'm concerned for my friends. I'm concerned for this country. Do I think, for example, that any of these Trump acolytes are uh, going to pull another January 6th uh, issue and an insurrection uh, here in New York? Absolutely not. Anybody that's been to New York or knows New York, and I'm a lifelong New Yorker, Our NYPD is better than most armies. And I can tell you, they don't play. And you could bet your bottom dollar that they're already fully apprised of all the situations they have, all sorts of contingencies in play. And the first time these guys decide to get stupid, it's not going to end well for them.
Uh, we will be watching. And Michael Cohen, uh, always appreciate it. Uh, stay safe and thank you very much for being here. Uh, Michael Cohen, you. author. Chairs, author of Revenge and the host of the Political Beatdown and Mea Culpa podcast. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Stay ahead. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg delivers a blistering rebuke to the House Republicans trying to meddle in his investigation. We'll be right back. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. For decades, the Republican Party has liked to say that they are the law and order party, defending states' rights against the evil and overbearing big government in Washington, D.C. The Trump era has blown that to shreds. Republicans now love big government meddling on abortion, education, women's menstrual cycles and LGBTQ issues for some recent examples. If you want yet another reminder of how much they really love big government, just look at the chairman of the House Judiciary Oversight and Administration Committees, Jordan James Com- Jim Jordan, James Comer, and Brian Steele, who have sent two letters to Alvin Bragg, a local district attorney, demanding that he hand over documents and communications related to the ongoing criminal indictment of the twice impeached former president. It is important to note that prosecutors are barred from sharing information about an active investigation with third parties. Additionally, most of the material is protected either by attorney-client privilege or another form of legal protection known as the attorney work product doctrine. And I'd like to add that if you, dear viewer, ever got indicted, God forbid, I promise you, your local congressman would not ride to the rescue or help you in any way because it would be unconstitutional. Our federal and state governments act separately and independently of one another. In fact, these demands from these Republicans mark a decidedly dark turn for congressional Republicans who are essentially using big government in defense of their cult leader. Earlier today, we learned that Trump is actively colluding with allies on the Hill and consulting with them about the next steps in their public defense of him in his pending indictment. You would think Republicans would have more important, you know, legislative things to do. The general counsel for Alvin Bragg did not mince words when she responded to their most recent demands. She wrote, and I quote, your examination of the facts of a single criminal investigation is an improper and dangerous usurpation of the executive and judicial functions. Even worse, based on your reportedly close collaboration with Mr. Trump in attacking this office and the grand jury process, it appears you are acting more like criminal defense counsel trying to gather evidence for a client than a legislative body. And then, I'm just going to guess, she dropped the mic. 
Joining me now is Congressman Benny Thompson of Mississippi. He served as the chairman of the January 6th Select Committee. And I'll note, sir, that you are also a former prosecutor in Hines County, Mississippi. And I wonder... At your level of offense, at seeing this level, let me just read you a few of the attacks on this process and of this prosecutor. Rand Paul, Trump indictment would be a disgusting abuse of power. The DJ should be, the DA should be put in jail. Kevin McCarthy calls an outrageous abuse of power by a radical DA who lets radical, violent criminals walk as he seeks vengeance against Trump and directing relevant committees to immediately investigate if federal funds are being used, which they're not. Uh, to subvert our democracy. Marjorie Green, New York, put your MAGA hats on. Under our constitutional rights, we will support Donald Trump and protest the tyrants. See you on Tuesday. Lauren Boebert, weaponization cannot stand. And this is the doozy, sir. Lindsey Graham, on the way to the DA's office on Tuesday, Trump should smash some windows, rob a few shops, and punch a cop. He would be released immediately. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, Joy, uh, thank you for having me. But, you know, if you or I would do what my colleagues have done. Uh, they, they charge us with some form of obstruction or some form of other illegal activity. Uh, but my colleagues in Congress think somehow that Donald Trump is above the law. And clearly, uh, all of us, as members of Congress, we take an oath. That oath says that we swear allegiance to the Constitution of the United States of America. Part of that constitution is the separation of powers. And so here we have the legislative body uh, deciding that now we are uh, all powerful and that we can go and attack a district attorney who's doing his job in, in the state of New York, in the city of New York. And all of a sudden, because an admitted person who had a relationship with a woman, but he paid for the relationship in the wrong way. So he's admitted it. So I don't understand what my colleagues are trying to do uh, other than to try to, to somehow give the impression that because Donald Trump was president, then he could, should not be held accountable for his actions, either before he became president, during or after. So I say this is part of the Trump playbook. Uh, you'll do it this time. If anything goes in, in Georgia, you hear it again. If the special counsel, somehow they want to give the impression that former President Trump is the victim. But here's a guy who's admitted the relationship. He's admitted everything. He just didn't want to pay for it with his own money. And then he tried well, to, 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 after getting caught, he somehow wants to say, well, they're picking on me. That's not the case. You know, you threw your own lawyer under the bus. And so now, all of a sudden, uh, you are not pure as the driven snow. So my colleagues are clearly out of line. Uh, you know, uh, some of these people were the ones who were hollering at Hillary Clinton, lock her up. Now, Somehow they're now saying that Trump is a victim. Well, you can't have it both ways. You know, you want to lock the Democrats up, but you want to free the Republicans. I wonder if, you know, in, in combination with that, I mean, you have Fox News 
going ballistic and making it sound like this is some sort of war against Republicans or a war against Trump's supporters, that's getting to some dangerous territory. I mean, you just chaired a committee that talked about uh, the insurrection against our Capitol. That dangerous combination where you do have Trump's media friends working on trying to whip up his base outside, uh, uh, you know, from the from TV. And then you've got these Republicans who are literally weaponizing the government against a prosecutor. Are you concerned that they are trying to cook up another sort of January 6th style situation? Well, the potential for a January 6th style situation exists. When you talk about breaking windows, uh, hitting policemen, uh, coming, obviously, on Tuesday to do whatever is to be done, there are some real sick people out here who are easily persuaded to do bad things. And you would expect members of Congress to be more responsible in what they say. But, you know, lately, uh, my colleagues have embarrassed a lot of us in what they say. We can disagree. Uh, debate is healthy. But at some point, you have to draw the line. And what my yeah. colleagues are doing now is absolutely way across the line. Uh, can you imagine uh, telling our children, say, look, uh, I want you to watch what's happening the next two, three days, because this is this great country of ours, because I want you to grow up to be just like them. That's not who yeah. we are. And so uh, I hope my colleagues will have a change of heart and, mm -hmm. and let the separation of powers in our right. government work. And, and so Done. without that separation, um, that, look, I, well, I have never known our Congress to get involved in a local situation. It, it's right. a district attorney. I mean, yeah. he's doing his job. Uh, exactly. it's, a, it's a citizen grand jury who's heard all this testimony, and they have returned uh, what we believe to be uh, a, a series of indictments. But we don't right. know. But this is this is our system of jurisprudence in America. Right. Uh, so, so all of a sudden, because your guy is somehow on the, on the receiving end of it, you know, they are upset. Well, Congressman, I, 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 we do have to run, but I did want to take the opportunity to wish uh, your state, your home state, the state of Mississippi, well. Uh, I know the Delta is really suffering right now after those tornadoes. So uh, I want to have you back on to talk about that as well. So, Congressman, thank you so much for being here. Much appreciated. Um, thank you. And still ahead, how Trump's indictment in Manhattan, of all places, is serving up a double dose of humiliation and karmic retribution. That is next. This is by far the most humiliating indictment because he's going to be booked and charged in New York. For him to have to come to Manhattan on the same island that he felt he was looked down upon by the elite in New York and be booked and confirm what all of them said about him is more humiliating than if he's indicted on more serious charges in other places. That was Reverend Al Sharpton with me last night. He also noted that there is some irony to the fact that Trump will likely have to surrender himself in the same Manhattan courthouse where the five 14 and 15 year olds, once known as the Central Park Five, were wrongfully convicted more than 30 years ago. You will recall that Trump took out, took a special interest in the now exonerated five. 
black and Latino teenagers who were falsely accused of the 1989 rape of a white jogger. He even took out a full page ad in the New York Times calling for the state to adopt the death penalty and use it on the teens, something that to this day he still has not apologized for. Well, last night, one of those five men, Yusuf Salam, who, mind you, experienced the worst that the criminal justice system has to offer, had a one word response to news of Trump's indictment. Karma. Joining me now is David K. Johnston, founder of DCReport.org and author of The Big Cheat, and Maya Wiley, civil rights attorney and president of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights. Maya, I am going to start with you because it is quite ironic, not just the, the, the location of where he'll have to surrender, given the Central Park Five and what they went through, but the fact that Trump actually is going to experience the best of the criminal justice system. He's going to be treated with deference because he's a former president, as Michael Cohen pointed out. He's got uh, lawyers of his choosing. He's going to have the Secret Service clear out the place and make sure he's not humiliated. We don't even know if he's going to have a mugshot that will be released. So it's sort of the he's getting the ultimate irony because he's never been treated like a regular citizen. Never been treated like a regular citizen. He is not going to enjoy the treatment he's going to get. But you're absolutely right, Joy. And listen, this is the man who has attacked District Manhattan District Attorney Al, Alvin Bragg, the first black uh, DA for Manhattan, who ran on an agenda that would say, we're not just going to throw black people in jail on misdemeanors, because it has been one of the places where we have over-incarcerated black people simply for being black. And Donald Trump has attacked him for that. And yet, Donald Trump is going to get better treatment than the same black people he doesn't care about. You know, and David, you know, he's called um, D.A. Bragg an animal. Um, he's done the anti-Semitic trope of calling on the name of George Soros and pretending he's a puppet of the Jewish financier, much like the 1950s racists used to do with civil rights workers. He formerly attacked a Mexican judge who presided over a case um, named Judge Curiel, called him a hater, said he's not, he's not, par he's not impartial because he's Mexican-American. And this current judge, who is also a Latino, Juan Manuel Marchand, he's did a screed attacking him as well. None of this feels coincidental, given who Donald Trump is. He's always played around with white supremacy as a game. Um, what do you expect him to deteriorate into as this case goes forward? Well, he's going to do everything he can to stir up people with his lies. For example, this afternoon, George Soros said, I've never met and I've never given a penny to Alvin Bragg. Um, and all of these things Trump does are built fundamentally on lies. But I think we also should be very concerned that the tenor of the discussion, even in a piece today by Peter Baker, the superb New York Times White House correspondent, says our democracy is threatened by prosecuting Trump without giving one word to the thought that, gee, maybe our democracy will be strengthened and revived because we follow the idea of we are all equal under law. It's wild, you know, because Maya the, and, and the, your the whole job you're in right now in terms of civil and human rights, the, the, the criminal justice system has been in many ways the enemy of black citizens in saying that you're not equal. You don't get treated the same. Those Central Park Five didn't. They, they were you know questioned without their parents and they were minors. You think of all the depredations from lynching and on. And now you have the right, including members of Congress, United States senators acting as if Donald Trump being treated the same way Michael Cohen was treated for the same crime is some sort of outrage against humanity and try to put him in a special category where he alone is above the law. That, to me, is what damages our democracy, not holding him accountable. Well, I think 
many Americans, most Americans would agree absolutely with that, Joy. And look, here's the other thing, misdemeanors. One of the things we've heard is, you know, this isn't significant enough to subject a former president to prosecution. It's like, well, but this one was actually a danger to our democracy because we think, we don't know what they, the allegations indictment will be, but we think it's about him trying to put one over on people about who he was that they were going to be voting for in our democracy. At the same time, they're using the very tools of government in the case of this oversight committee, witch hunt against Alvin Bragg, literally to say it's a politicized process. They're using the government to politicize the process at the same time that they're claiming that a misdemeanor is too minor, uh, a potential charge to go after Trump for when he may, in fact, face felonies. But it's okay to go after black people for nonviolent uh, criminal offenses that a police officer just uses discretion to say, I'm just going to take you in. And then only 12 percent of those cases against uh, people in New York City for misdemeanors actually result in a conviction. And they're literally screaming at Alvin Bragg that he's not out there arresting, finding some more black people to arrest instead of Donald Trump. David K. Johnson, I asked Michael Cohen this. I'll ask you as well. You know Donald Trump. You've been covering him for a very long time. There's a lot of bravado coming out of his truth social pretend Twitter machine. How do you think he really feels tonight? Oh, Donald's absolutely terrified and uh, having a great deal of trouble processing this. And this is a man who has beaten four grand juries, numerous criminal investigations, spent 10 years entangled up to his eyeballs with a cocaine trafficker for whom he did extraordinary favors that make no sense as a business matter. And in addition to all that, this afternoon, I posted my new piece of DC report. You should see how many people actually showed up at his Waco rally. And I'm going to guess it's not I many. You, I promise you in the break, if you look, you're going to be stunned, Joy. <laughs> Poor Donald. He can't even get a whole bunch of people at his rally. Well, we'll see. He said he's raised $4 million so far. And if any of those lawyers think they're going to get that money, they should talk to his previous lawyers. David K. Johnston and Maya Wiley, thank you both very much. We'll be right back. And that is tonight's readout. Yusuf Salam, one of the exonerated Central Park Five, joins Chris Hayes next. Then stick around for a special edition of The Rachel Maddow Show at 9 p.m. Eastern, followed at 10 by Lawrence O'Donnell. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.